Wow. Hallelujah. One more time, let's put up our hands to Jesus. Well, greetings to everybody in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm new here, so to make me feel at home and comfortable, please respond when I say amen. 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 All right, I just want to start by appreciating uh, the angel the, of this church, the pastors of this church, uh, Pastor Farai and Pastor Husi. Uh, thank you so much for honoring us to stand in this pulpit. It feels very uncomfortable. Amen. I just want you, church, to just appreciate the gifts of God that you have. They are lovely and wonderful pastors. Amen. Hallelujah. I also bring greetings to you from my wife. She could not be with us today, but uh, she's somewhere, uh, somewhere out of the country, and I trust next time we'll visit, we'll come together. But she's told me to greet you. So I have greeted you, so I'll tell them I have greeted you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm just going to get quickly into the word of God and we'll just try to quickly teach the word of God and gain some understanding in this house. Everybody, you've got a Bible. If you've got a Bible, wave it, wave it, wave it, wave it, wave it. Say with me, I'm a serious believer. I can't hear you. Are you still at the campus there or are you in here? Say, I'm a serious believer. I carry my Bible to church. Today, the word of God will be spoken into my life and my life will never be the same. Turn to your neighbor say, watch me changing, watch me changing, watch me change. I will change right before your face. I will change right before your face. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter number one, verse number three. I'm normally very loud, but my wife said, please behave. So if you see me misbehaving, just lift up your hand and I will know I must listen to my wife. Ephesians chapter number one, verse number three. The last time I checked, which was this morning, the book of Ephesians was in the New Testament. So if you are not anywhere near the New Testament, hallelujah, please check your table of contents. It's not a sin for you to check your table of contents to locate the book of Ephesians. Hallelujah. If you are there, say amen. Well, it is lovely to stand. I was just thinking it has been more than 15 years since I last ministered uh, with your pastor, which is a long time back. Amen. Hallelujah. We used to have some wonderful time of ministering when you're still very young. I know you think I'm young, but we used to be very young. Hallelujah. But we had wonderful times during those days. Amen. We cherish this man. Amen. He is my elder brother. And thank you so much for, for giving us this opportunity. Are you there? I'm just talking here so that I can get you. Are you there in Ephesians 1 verse number 3? Let's read. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah. You can shout an amen there. Proverbs 10 verse 22. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. Father, thank you for your word, which is always anointed, forever settled in the heavens. May it be settled in our lives today as it comes with great clarity, authority, and power in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Understanding miracles and blessing is just my short message this morning. Oh, you help me, God, to be short. Understanding miracles and blessings. These two words are words which we encounter in Christian Christendom or in our work with God. There are many times when we come to church. 
oftentimes it's very rare for your service to come in to an end without you hearing the word miracle or the word blessing. You know, when I walked in here, I had a number of messages that were shouting and say, preach me, preach me, preach me, you know. But as we're worshiping, I just felt that the grace of God resting much more strongly on this message. And I believe it is what God wants us to understand this morning. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, we need then to understand what is a miracle and what is the blessing. Because what you don't know, you will never walk into it. When you walk into that which you don't know, if you don't know what you have walked into it, you would never enjoy the benefits that are associated with it. Can I have an amen today? Can I have an amen today? It's very, very important, therefore, in our walk with God to, 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 to acquaint ourselves with the things of God. Because we can never walk into the fullness of the blessing of God unless we understand the things that we have walked into. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? You know, you can be in a great place. But your lack of understanding that you are in a great place, you can never experience greatness. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, uh, it is, I'm reminded of a certain time when, uh, when the first time, the first time I, I flew business class, some years ago, the first time I flew business class, uh, I got uh, in, into the plane and I got, I was, was coming from somewhere and, I had, and when, when I walked into the airport and I was just seated there and then they said, you, 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 can, you can go to that lounge and I went in and I sat in that, in that lounge. It was around 10 o'clock in the morning, and I had a connecting flight around 2 o'clock. I was very hungry, but I did not have money. I did not have money. So I was waiting for the next flight, and I told myself, I'll go on a forced fast until I get on the plane. Hallelujah. Until after about two hours, around 12 o'clock, I could not hold it any longer. Amen. Then reality dawned that I was not really fasting. So I went over to the counter and I told the guy who was sitting, I said, how much does a cup of tea and a scone cost in here? And uh, he turned around and he said, they cost, uh, it was something like 200 rand. It was at OR in South Africa. And he said, it cost 200 rand. And, and then he turned back and he says, but I have got one for free for you, sir. I said, what? He says, because you flew in business class, when you are in between your flights, we provide some refreshments. But because I did not know what that which belonged to me, I suffered. Can you imagine for two hours? Somebody say, I'm going to know. I'm going to know. I'm going to know. I'm going to know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, let's begin now by understanding what is a miracle. What is a miracle? I'll give quick definitions so that we can, we can understand where we are going. Number one, a miracle, it is a miracle, it is a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. The way things are going, God can decide to intervene in thereof. Whatever has happened is what we term a miracle. Somebody shout, a miracle. miracle. Number two, a miracle, it is an event that defies logic and rationale. Now, if you are confined to the realm of reasoning and analysis, somebody says too much analysis leads to paralysis. Now, you can never get to a place where you understand miracles. Somebody say, I hear you. I hear you. Number three, a miracle, it is a suspension of natural laws. Now, the laws of nature tells you that man is much more denser than water. So if you step on top of water, you must, uh, we, we, we trust that you know how to swim. Hallelujah. Otherwise, the waters must be shallow. But one day the Bible says, the Bible says one day Jesus sent the disciples across over to the sea. 
They were in a boat and he comes by and he finds that there is nothing else to use. So he decides to join them in the boat in the midst of the sea. So guess what does he do? He walks on top of water. What did he do? He suspended that law. Is it all fluid mechanics, whatever the scientists call it, so that he might perform a miracle. Can I have an amen today? Those that have done biology understand that when a person has died, he has died. You are dead, period. We can't reverse it. You are gone. Hallelujah. The best of the doctors can do and cannot do anything about it. But when a person died, Jesus got there and he says to the little boy, little boy, I say to you, arise. And he comes back to life. Why? He is suspending natural laws. He is defying logic and reason to perform a miracle. Somebody say, I hear you. Say, I hear you. Say, I hear you. I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that the God whom we worship is a God of miracles. He is a God of signs and wonders. He is a God before whom nothing is too difficult for him. Hallelujah. You should never write off any situation you are facing because our God is a wonder and miracle-working God. Hallelujah. Oh, it's going to be good in here. In my own life, I have seen miracles. Wonderful and beautiful miracles. Say amen. You will see yours too in the name of Jesus. In this very month of month, you will see your own miracle in the name of Jesus. One day we were driving. I had my wife on my left. Always drive with your wife. And I had another couple of <laughs> another couple of pastors that were seated at the back. We're driving from one city and going to another city. Hallelujah. Those who are married understand what I'm talking about. So we're driving from one city to another city. It was late at night, around half past 11 in the evening. Uh, I was driving, not very fast, but a bit fast. But now I'm disciplined. I think I was doing something like 140 kilometers per hour. Uh, as we're going down, as we're going down the road, suddenly, suddenly I saw a lot of cattle in the middle of the road. My quick count gave me something like 10, 12. I looked ahead of me, just about 50 meters, for a way around them, and I realized there was no way. Hallelujah. Then something suddenly dawned on me, by my God, I can run through a troop. So suddenly... Before I knew it, I found myself on the other side of the road. What happened, God literally translated us from this side to the other side. Somebody say miracle. miracle. Some people do not get it. Let me just explain more miracles so that you understand what miracles can do. One day, I'm seated in my office. Uh, we had done some projects. I'd used all the money I had. And I remember as I left home, I, I searched all my pockets and realized the last man that I had on me was a $20. So I had a $20 in my pocket. I got into the office. I checked again. Because you know, you know, you know when it's your last money, you cross-check it. <laughs> Hallelujah. You really cross-check it. Is it still there? Yes. Are we? Yes, yes. So when I got into the office, I knew the $20 is here. So I sat on my desk, but when it was around 12 o'clock, I was now very hungry, like that other time. So <laughs> I turned around to my, to, my, to my assistant. I said, you know what? I'm very hungry. Please go and get me some lunch. So I pulled the $20. I knew it was a $20. I looked at the $20, and I gave her a $20. She went, and when she came back, she gave me my lunch, and she, took, and she also gave me the change. I got the change in my hand. I counted it, and I counted it the second time. And I said, her name was Pamela. I said, Pamela, you gave me $45. There is something wrong with the change. And she said, Pastor, you gave me $50.
I said, Pamela, I know what I saw when I woke in the morning. I know what I saw when I go. I gave, to, I gave you a twenty dollars. What had happened? It was a miracle. Somebody say miracle. Some people have not gotten it. They are still in Amsterdam. Let's try to get them home here. Sometime first uh, of August, twenty fourteen, we had gone on a certain trip to to, to China. We in Hong Kong. We went to China. We used a train, which is about 80 kilometers, but it takes two hours. I don't know why it takes two hours, but it's a two-hour, it's, it's an 80-kilometer journey that takes two hours by train. So we went into China, and we were coming back. So as we were coming back, um, around 2 o'clock, something funny happened. We misplaced some of our bags, and uh, there was a traffic jam, and anything that can go wrong went wrong. So by the time we arrived at the train station, it was exactly at 6 o'clock, the time which the train was supposed to leave the station. So they could not allow us to go through because the gates were closed. So we waited. The next train was at 8 o'clock. The flight we were supposed to catch from Hong Kong to South Africa was at uh, 5 to 12. So we got into the train. It takes uh, two hours by train for you to move from Guangzhou, that city where we're in China, to Hong Kong. So I knew that if we leave at 8, we'll arrive at 10. It takes about an hour to clear the immigration in Hong Kong. And it takes about another hour for you to be at the airport. So those who have done mathematics and were listening when the teachers were teaching would understand that our arrival time was supposed to be 12 o'clock at the airport. When he arrived there, at the train station. Along the way, I realized that there was no way we were going to catch this flight. But as a good man, I kept quiet. Hallelujah. <laughs> and prayed silently. When we are, by the time we are about to arrive, that's when it dawned on my wife that we are not going to catch the flight. And on that particular day, the immigration guys were especially small. They took their time. We were the ones who were cleared last. When we got off, the text queues were very long. By the time we got the taxi, which was at 11 o'clock, it was too late. When we got into the taxi, I told this driver, please, you need to drive very fast. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, those who understand who know that international flights, you must check in, some say one hour, some say 30 minutes before. But for Hong Kong, they say one hour because the airport is very big. You get inside the airport, you have to get into another train, high-speed train. and you. So, so they say one hour. If, if you're not there one hour before the flight, you know, don't, don't, don't bother coming here. So when we got into the taxi, there were some other brothers who had come to receive us. They turned to me and they said, Pastor, why don't we go home? And we make another plan for tomorrow. I said, let's go. When we got into the taxi, I said to the driver, please drive very fast. And he said, what time is your flight? I did not want to tell him. But he insisted. By the time I told him he was driving at around 120, he reduced the speed from 120 to 80. He knew that my cause was lost. When we arrived, we arrived at 12 midnight at the airport. The departure time was 5 to 12, so which means, you know, we were very, very late. When we arrived, when we entered the departure lounge, everybody had cleared. The people that were doing the check-in, they were nowhere to be found and everything else. Everything was very smart. So he went in, the other brother who said, let's go home. He came and said, Pastor, I told you there is no one to even check you in. Let's go home. 
I said to this guy, listen, there must be some people whom we can talk to. Who can we talk to? They said, go and talk to those controllers. I said, can you, listen, we are late for a flight. I said, which flight? We told them. He says, no, there's no, says, just to check, we are late for a flight. They punched something into the computer. They said, please go through. We went through, we ran, I dragged my wife through and everything else. By the time we arrived at the, at, at the boarding gate, we found everybody seated. Those that were angry were angry. Some had red eyes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some had their shoes off because, listen, the plane was just delayed. We got into the, we were, and just as soon as we got in, then they said, ladies and gentlemen, you can board the train. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, a train does not wait for any man. What happened that day is a miracle. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. In this month of November, may you have a miracle. Hallelujah. Now, miracles are very important in our lives. They are very, very important in our life. Isaiah says, let's go to the scriptures. Isaiah says these things. Isaiah 8 verse 18. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me, we are for signs and for wonders in Israel. Mark 16 verse number 17, Jesus speaks and he says, These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Oh, yakasatalaba. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Our God is a God of miracles. Now, what is the blessing? We are still building and introducing here. Hallelujah. A blessing, number one, it is an empowerment to prosper or to succeed. So a person who is a blessed person is a person who has been given a form of a power to succeed or to prosper. Somebody say, that's me. Your neighbor does not believe, say, that's me. Your neighbor, you have lost your neighbor, say, that's me. Empowered to prosper. Number two, it is a divine force that ensures it is well with you. Say, I'm blessed. Number three, it is a divine enablement to succeed. Now, when you are said to be cursed, you are empowered to fail. Hallelujah. Whatever you do, it will fail. Hallelujah. Even if you are blessed, your blessing will turn out to be a curse. Can I have an amen? When you get married, you, you regret why did I get married. Hallelujah. Can I just stop the BF, 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 BF? Now, I need you to understand certain things about the blessing. This is where I'm going there. God, take this down. God always starts with the blessing. God always starts with the blessing. Now, let's go to the scripture so that I understand this. This guy is not getting some things from some place. Number one, Adam. Genesis 1 verse 27. The Bible says God created man in his own image. In the image of God created ye him, male and female, created ye them. Verse 28 says, and blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Notice this thing. When God has created Adam and Eve, what does he do? He gives them the blessing. Because God understands this thing. Men cannot live outside the blessing. It's a good point worth writing down. So whatever God does, he starts with the blessing. Years go on. Men misbehave. Sin enters into the world. 
There is so much wickedness and debauchery. Many have forgotten about God. And God decides to destroy the entire human race. So he steps in to destroy the entire human race. And guess what does he do? He chooses a man called Noah. And when he chose Noah whom he saved from the flood, the Bible then says when Noah came out of the flood, listen, Genesis 9 verse number 1, and God blessed Noah. What is he doing? He is starting again with the blessing. Say, I hear you. Say, I hear you. Now God then decides, I want to start again. With a man whom I will, whom I will give the promise of the Messiah called, uh, called Abraham. Genesis chapter number 12 verse number 1 says, And the, now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show you. I will make thee into a great nation, and I will bless thee. Amen. Powerful there. And make your name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Why? God always starts with the blessing. Say, I hear you. God then decides, I'm now starting a new race called believers, called the redeemed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a powerful name. Hallelujah. I want now to hear the born again ones, those whom I have redeemed from the power of sin, called out into the kingdom of my own dear son. And what does he do? He sends Jesus. He dies on the cross. Paul then writes in the book of Galatians and gives us an understanding of these things. Galatians 3 verse number 13, he says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is every man who is hanged on a tree. Why? Verse number 14 explains to us that the blessing, say the blessing, say the blessing, He is starting again with the blessing. Yeah, it's a good point. Hallelujah. I'm preaching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say he always starts with a blessing. The blessing, therefore, ladies and gentlemen, is the environment that you must live in. Hallelujah. So we have seen that God starts with a blessing. The environment that you must live in is the blessing. But I need you to understand something, point number three, where I will explain a lot so that you get understanding there. The blessing can fail. Okay. When the blessing fails, God intervenes by some other way. The way that God intervenes is what is known as a miracle. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? Now, the atmosphere you live in is the atmosphere of the blessing. But when the blessing fails, what does God do? He performs a miracle. In other words, a miracle is God's correction mechanism when something is out of line. Some people have not understood me. Let me explain them then. I want you to see it. So let me explain it to you. I went to school, you know, and I went to, in my country, they call it grade one. So in grade one, they told me, five 
plus 3 is equal to 8. I was happy. Hallelujah. Say amen. Hallelujah. And then I asked, what is 5? What, what is 3 minus 5? My teacher said, it can't. Thank you, mom. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, amen, amen. I went to such a school. I went to such a school in grade 1. That's what they told me. So when I asked, 5 plus 3 is 8. 3 minus 5, they said, it can't. So in my mind, I knew you cannot subtract the greater from the smaller or the lesser. So I kept that in mind. So I finished grade 7 and I went to, to, my, to my form 1 in high school. My form 1 teacher then came in and asked, what is 3 minus 5? Of course, I replied, I knew the answer, it can't. My teacher said, oh boy, you were fed the wrong gospel. Hallelujah. My teacher then said to me, five, uh, three minus five is equal to minus two. I said, say, that, uh, it can't. Now, I must confess to you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a pastor, I must take to confess my sins so that I might be healed. Now, <laughs> if, there is any if there is any mathematics principle that vexed me was that one. I tell you, I went on to do what we're calling four-year series and whatever and whatever. But that one, uh, three minus five is equal to minus two. I was stuck at it can't. I remained there. And you know, one day I had a senior brother who took me aside. And he drew a line. And he said, stand here. And I stood. And he said, when you are standing here, this position is called zero. I said, okay, thank you. This is zero. He said, yes. He said, when you're going to your right, you're going to the positive. So it's plus one, plus two, plus three, and plus five. I said, thank you. He says, but when you're standing at zero and you're going this side, it's minus one, minus two. So he says, if you're at three, and they say three minus five, it means you count and you're at zero. Now, when they said it, can't, it, they were simply saying that you can't go beyond there. But now you are in a high school. Change the way that you think. You can now go minus one. All right. And you can go minus two. I saw it. Now, this is what happens. If you have no money and you ask your neighbor, can you borrow me $100? You, are, you have no money, so you are at zero. So when you get a, okay, oh, I'm still using the dollars. Okay, let me go to, okay, you don't mind. You borrow 100 euro. It means you go into the negative to minus 100 euro. Now when you are at minus 100 euro, what you need, boy, is not the blessing but a miracle. When you come to church and pastor says, all those that need financial breakthroughs, you come and you lift both hands and legs too. <laughs> Hallelujah. We will pray for you and anoint with oil in the name of the Lord, even spitting on you, and you'll be trusting God, please come through for me. And one thing will lead to another. Before you know it, by the end of the week, somebody will give you 100 euro. And guess what happens? You have had a financial breakthrough or a financial miracle. You have moved from minus 100 to zero. But boy, you are still not blessed. 
What has happened? We have corrected the abnormality in your life through a miracle. Some people are still in Amsterdam. Let's bring them home so that they understand what you are talking about. When you are sick, you are in the negative. When we pray for you and you get healed, you are now at zero. You are being corrected using a miracle. But when you begin to walk with God and you understand what is, the, what is a, a divine health and you no longer get sick, you are now walking in the blessing. Shout, I hear you. Why are you quiet? Are you hearing me? Now, listen to me. Why is it what is a miracle to somebody else is not a miracle to you? Why is it some things other people don't pray for? Uh, don't pray for you, pray for them. Do you know? Let, let me just give a little bit of example. Okay, I'm, I'm just using these illustrations so that at least you can under, understand. Are we all right with this? Am I all right? Am I all right? Yes, please, please, please forgive my, my little illustrations to just understand. When I was a little boy, just a few months after college, um, I prayed to God. Yeah, I prayed him. I prayed him. Where I grew up is different from here. I, I really had to pray, you know. <laughs> to get a car. I prayed to get a car. I, I really prayed, you know. So from the first time, uh, the first time I walked in and into to my first job, I had a car. Says, says God. But it was a miracle. Hallelujah. Now, I forgot to pray about the fuel. <laughs> Hallelujah. So there were days when I would get into the car. I knew what I poured into the car is five liters. It takes me 75 kilometers. But I would go on a 100-kilometer journey. I would finish the rest of the 30 kilometers just going, Roko in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Brethren, I would get there by the grace of God. Hallelujah. What was happening was a miracle. But meanwhile, while I was having one miracle after another to get fuel for the miracle car, there were some people who would pull up at the same service station and they'll tell the fuel attendant, fill it up. Why they are in the blessing, but I am in the miracle. Hallelujah. Listen to me, people of God. I want to challenge you today. But your life must not be a series of miracle after miracle. Wow. Hallelujah. Can I add some little illustration again? Amen. There was one time when I was just a little boy again. I had no money to go to church and I was living very far away from church. So each day I would ask people, can I have money to go straight to go to church? And, and they would give me and give me. And one day I woke up, I was angry. I was angry at God. I said, God, you are there, I know. But today I'm not going to ask these fellows for Basra to go to church. But I'm going to church to meet with you, God. So if you don't move them, oh God, I'm going to walk to church. I was staying nine kilometers away from church. So I walked nine kilometers. I arrived at church an hour later. <laughs> I was very tired. 
I looked spiritual, but the truth is that I was angry. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we had church that day. Hallelujah. After the church, I said, oh God, I know you are there because we had just worshipped you. But I need you to know that I'm not going to ask. Now, I had a couple of friends who were already working. I will not ask any of my friends for bus fare to go home. I'm walking back unless you move them. After the service, these were two brothers who were close to me. They came to me. They said, how are you, brother? I said, I'm fine, fine. They just realized this guy is moody. God then moved them, and they just simply said, today we are going with you home. I said, hallelujah, because I knew they would pay the bus fee. <laughs> what happened? It was a miracle. I needed to realize this thing. I was praying to get a bus fee. But here were brothers who were not praying to get a bus fee. What they were living was a dimension of the blessing because the blessing comes in different dimensions. That's why what is a prayer item to you is not a prayer item to somebody else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you think Bill Gates prayed for mortgage? Oh, Lord, may I get that 300,000 mortgage? Oh, God. No. Hallelujah. He just makes a choice of the house that he wants. It's the different dimensions that God has caused us to operate in. This is the difference between a miracle and the blessing. I need you to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. When you read your Bible, you find that there is a great man of God by the name of Moses. Moses was an amazing man of God. Amazing man of God. So great was Moses. To an extent that when the children of Israel were hungry, Moses would just go to a rock and would take up a stick. He would just hit the rock, go, and water would gush out, and they would all drink. That says, great is Moses sent by Jehovah. <laughs> Hallelujah. When they were hungry in the wilderness, and they would say, we are hungry, Moses. We are hungry, prophet. We are hungry. Moses would just say, oh, God, send some bread. The Bible says, man ate angels' food. The heavenly baker went into over a time baking bread for three million people in the wilderness. And they would wake up in the morning and they were picking up manna in the desert because of Moses. After a certain time, the Bible simply says, they turned to Moses and said, Moses, we are tired of just eating bread alone. There is something called hamburgers. <laughs> just joking. They said, we want meat. Hallelujah. Moses prayed to God, and the Bible says there was an east wind that blew and brought in quails, and they began to pick these little birds and ate them. What a man. Some people stood up against Moses, and they challenged his leadership. And the Bible says he stood up and looked at them, and he says, if they die the death of a common man, that God does not send me. On that day, the Bible says, the earth opened up, and they went down into hell alive. Moses. ay ay <laughs> Hallelujah. One day, the sister of Moses, you see, this sister, Mbundi, Pastor, <laughs> forgive me. But this sister was the one who literally nursed Moses. So he, she, she knew about Moses. She changed the diapers of Moses. Yeah. She's the one who went up to the daughter of Pharaoh and says, take this boy. Yeah. She was the one who was watching over Moses when he was in a basket. So when he was doing all the miracles, she looked around and says, Moses, it's me. <laughs> I'm your elder sister. 
Why, why did you take an Egyptian woman? Ethiopian woman. Why, why Moses? The Bible says God then spoke and he says, any other prophet, I will speak to him in visions and dreams, but not so for Moses. I will speak to him face to face as a man to his friend. The Bible says, God then said to Miriam, God said to Moses, if your father or mother had spat on him, what would have happened on her? And the Bible says on that particular day, Miriam became leprosy. I love the, le the King James Version. It says, she became leprosy. I don't know, but she became leprosy. In other words, there's no difference between her and leprosy. No, she did not have leprosy. She became leprosy. Say Moses. Hallelujah. Now, at one time Moses is speaking about Jesus. But when he is speaking about Jesus, he says this. In order for you to understand what kind of a Messiah God will send, let me describe him to you. He says, the Lord will send a prophet like unto me. Him oh, shall you hear. So in other words, he simply said, do you think I'm great? And they said, yes. Okay, another one will come. His name will be called Jesus. What a great man. For 40 years, brethren, the Bible says when the children of Israel were walking in the wilderness, their shoes never wore off, neither did their own, shoe, their own shirts and their own suits and their own jackets. Everything remained intact for 40 years. What a miracle. But do you know what? I don't wish to have been there. Do you know why? Because the Bible says of all the people that left Israel or Egypt, there are only two people that made it to the promised land. Caleb and Joshua. But listen, can you imagine the same suit Caleb and Joshua were wearing when they left Egypt? <laughs> the same suit, the same suit. If it was a gray one like mine, Caleb was walking to the promised land wearing a gray suit. 40-year-old suit. <laughs> Can you imagine? Joshua was still wearing, if it was a red one, he was still wearing a red one. And people, says, there people could tell, there comes, there comes Caleb, there comes Joshua, the red jacket. Because they never wore. But it was a miracle. But the Bible says, the day they entered into the promised land, manna ceased. Why? Because they were moving from the dimension of the miracle to the dimension of the blessing. Oh, yes. Come on, shout with him, I hear you. The blessing, therefore, ladies and gentlemen, it is mightier than a miracle. The blessing is not things. But the blessing can bring things. People can take away everything else away from you. But if you have the blessing, it will bring them into your life. Say, bless me, God. Say, bless me, God. You must therefore understand the difference between a miracle and a blessing. Now, Moses uses his example. Pastor, this is very interesting. Moses uses himself as an example to describe Christ. Years later, the Bible says there came a king in Israel called David who gave birth to a son called Solomon. Solomon comes around. When Solomon comes around, you don't hear in the Bible of any miracle that Solomon performed. But in the days of Solomon, higher, higher. In the days of Solomon, the Bible says he made the silver to be as common as stones. Oh, 
The Bible says in his days silver was not accounted for. When Christ comes in, listen, he, he stands up and says, a greater, he does not say a greater than Moses, he says, a greater than Solomon is here. Because Solomon was moving and operating in the blessing. Because the blessing is much more mightier, much more greater than miracles. Miracles have got their own place to correct when things have gone out of the way. But you must learn as a child of God. Learn as a believer to walk and to flow in the blessing. Say, I'm blessed. Say, I hear you. I'm blessed. In the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have, but you are blessed. You know, one day there were two brothers, Isaac and Esau. Isaac and Esau, just as a first minister, run this thing up. The other, there were these two, two brothers, so, um, Jacob and Esau, you know, uh, and, and, and Isaac makes a decision that I'm going to, to bless Esau and, uh, and says, Esau, go and hunt, look for an animal, prepare the best soup such as I love, I'll eat it and therefore I will bless you. And the Bible says the mother is hearing this thing and runs around and tells Jacob, somebody is about to be blessed. Do you know that a service can be set up for somebody else, but if you know what to do, you can get somebody else's blessing. The one who is about to be blessed is Esau, but, uh, but, but Jacob overhears, and he does the right thing in time. Uh, first of all, if grace is coming, it can be your service, but if you don't know what to do, somebody else can be blessed in that meeting. So Esau comes too late. Jacob has already gotten the blessing. Listen to me, people of God. When Esau is looking around, he can see the cows. He can see the cattle. He can see the goats. He can see the gold and the silver. He can count them. Jacob has not taken any of them. What he has taken is everything. What is everything? It is the blessing. The blessing. It is the blessing. When you hear the story of Jacob, when he runs and he goes to Laban's house, he goes there with nothing. Boy, he has nothing. He does not even have a jacket. Because when he slept uh, at the place, uh, when he played at the place called Bethel, the Bible says he took a stone. Every sensible man when you are sleeping and you want a pillow and you have a jacket, you put a jacket under your head. <laughs> he had nothing. But what he was carrying was the blessing. No matter how many times Laban tried to cheat this guy, because he was the man with the blessing, he had to rise up to the top. When others were receiving salary increments, he was having a salary decree. But God is always with somebody with the blessing. Say, I hear you. Let's wrap this ice cream on Pastor Farai's cake so we go home and we go to the other kingdom. You must therefore in your life appreciate the blessing. What must you do? Five things that I want you to do quickly as I close here so that you can go home after you've written something. Number one, believe God for a miracle if you're in a crisis. You must believe God for a miracle. You must believe God for a miracle if you're in a crisis. It's not a sin. You can believe God for a miracle if you are in a crisis. What must you do, number two, when you are, when, what must you do in relation to this, what I'm saying today? 
you must understand the avenues or the ways that God bless. God can bless you directly, number one, like what he did to Abraham, Genesis 4, verse 1 to 3. He can bless you directly like what he did to Solomon, 1 Kings chapter number 3. God himself can bless you directly. But number two, God can bless you through spiritual fathers. Your pastor here, your daddy, G.O., Hallelujah. Pastor, you know, you know, they are your spiritual fathers. When they say, I bless you, say, I believe. Believe with every fiber on your being. Believe him with every hair strand on your head. Believe him with every toe on your leg. Hallelujah. We understand when they say, I bless you, you'll be blessed. God can bless us, number three, through spiritual authority. For example, when you read Genesis 47, verse number 10, the Bible says, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. It was a spiritual authority. Number three, you must understand how to trigger the flow of the blessing. How can I let the blessing flow in my life? There are many ways that you can cause the blessing to flow. You can pray and the blessing can come through. You can give and the blessing can come through. You can read the word of God and the blessing can come through into your life. You can serve God. Divine service triggers the blessing of God in your life. Listen to me to every worker in this church. You don't serve God in vain. Oh, God. You don't serve God in vain. There is no one who hears that drum, my brother, who does it in vain. God sees there is a book of remembrance. There is a book of remembrance for you when you serve him. There is a blessing in that thing. Praise and worship, you don't get hold of this thing in vain. There is a blessing when you sing to us. Ashes, there is a blessing in anything that you do. Divine service carries a blessing. How do you trigger the blessing? When you go out and you witness about Christ. The Bible says, blessed are the feet. Oh, yeah, kati, kaseta, laba. They are blessed. They are blessed. The feet of those that be a good news. There is a blessing in preaching the gospel. Witnessing about Christ. There is a blessing. Somebody say, I hear you. There is blessing in giving. When you give. Oh, yeah. Let me stay long over there. I'll tell you later. Number four. Number lastly, you can be blessed through obedience to God. Number four. Develop a blessing consciousness. What must you do? You must have a you must have an attitude that understands this. A mindset that sets it in your heart that, listen, I'm blessed. I'm not cursed. I am blessed. I am the blessed of the Lord. The blessing is much more powerful than the curse. Hallelujah. And finally, number five. You have faith in the blessing. You must have faith in the blessing. Because I am in the blessing and God has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in the heaven places. Because Christ died for me that the blessing of Abraham might come on me, the redeemed of the Lord. I am blessed. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have an amen? amen? Ladies and gentlemen, our God is a miracle-working God, but our God is a blessing God. If you are living from one miracle to another, it's high time you graduate and join us in the blessing. Can I have an Amen. If you are in a crisis, get your, get your miracle in the name of Jesus. But continue further and flow in the blessing. There are so many ways for you to be blessed. Each one of it, hold on to it. 
Walk into it. Make it a part of your life so that God might bless you indeed. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen today? Can I have an amen today? Practice the principles that you hear in the window, in the window that you hear in church, that you are taught Sunday in, Sunday out. Therein lies the blessing. Lie is the blessing. And God will bless you indeed. Stand with me today in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, give the Lord a clap offering with me today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Why don't you lift up your hands this particular moment and I want you to just open up your mouth, everybody, and to tell God, I thank you for your blessing over my life. God said in his word, look at your father Abraham. I called him alone. I blessed him and I increased him. Come on. Tell him and thank him for the blessing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It is a Thanksgiving Sunday today. We must thank him for his blessing of our lives. What a great God, what a faithful God. What a great God, what a faithful God. Thank him, 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 thank him. He has blessed us, blessed us with the gift of life. Oh, come on, we can do better, we can do better, we can do better, we can do better. We can do better, we can do better, we can do better, we can do better. Thank you for the blessing. 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 Blessed are you of the Lord. God Almighty. Rikotoya maman derieko shikateya 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 let the blessing of the Lord give you thanks for the blessing of your life you are never the same you are never the same by the goodness of the Lord unleashed over your life with the blessing of the living God shakariya teyakaya thank you for your goodness oh God thank you Lord in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands in help towards heaven as I pray for you before I hand over to Pastor Farai. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for all kinds of miracles in this place today. But God who does far beyond our expectations, surprise many that are here today. Let every man in a crisis encounter a miracle. I release the miracle power of the living God in this atmosphere in the name of Jesus. Reverse the irreversible. Let the impossible become possible. You are the God before whom nothing is too difficult. Lord, you are great. And you do miracles so great. Do it again today. Lord, I release the blessing of the Lord over this church. Over every man and woman under the sound of my house. May they be blessed indeed. May men and women see that these are the blessed of the Lord. Come on, church of the living God, clap offering to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout, I'm blessed in everything that I do. Shout, I'm blessed in everything that I do. In the name of Jesus. One more time, a clap offering to Jesus.